What's your name? Aya. Aya? I'm out here talking to people about Jesus. I was wondering if I could talk to you about him. Yeah? So, Kaya, if you were to die today and stand before God and he says, Kaya, why should I allow you to heaven? What would you say? Oh, I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah? You think you're a good person? Yeah. Do you mind if we go through a test to see if that's true? Yeah. Okay. You weren't expecting this, were you? No. <laughs> that's okay. So, Kaya, how many lies have you told in your life? What would you call somebody that tells lies? If I lied to you, what would you call me? Liar. Liar. Okay. So you are a... No. no I hope lying, like, uh, what did you say about the lie part? Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody didn't lie, bro. That's yep. right. Everybody. That's exactly right. And a lot. You didn't lie. Everybody didn't lie over 10 times. Yeah. Yep. Amen to that. Do, does that make anybody innocent for lying because everybody lies? Or does that just make everybody guilty of lying? Individually. Yeah, right. It makes everybody guilty of lying. Repent and ask for forgiveness. That's an important piece. And be really sincere with it. How sincere do you have to be? Not to do it again. Not to lie again. So have you repented of that sincerely then? No. No. I don't think anybody has. Because it's... So, so if, um, let's say I got arrested for something. And I'm standing before the judge, and the judge says, Tony, what do you have to say for yourself? Your Honor, I'm, I'm really sorry for committing that crime, sincerely. I'm going to do my best to never commit that crime again, sincerely. And I think you ought to let me go, because I am sincerely repentant, and I'm sincerely trying to never no, do it again. Do. Should he let me go? No, he's going to continue. He's a- i never seen a judge, ever, ever, when a yeah. guy said that, Really sincere, have sympathy. Right. I haven't seen it. No, me neither. I spent years and years and years in courtrooms, and nope, I haven't seen it either. No good, no good judge. But what I did see was there was a girl that had missed court two or three times, Mm -hmm. and the last time she missed court because she said her baby got corrupt, Mm -hmm. and the state said, well, she hasn't, she missed twice and all that. And I think she should have a warrant. And the judge said, no, I don't. Because she's called each time. She might not appear, mm-hmm. but she's called. And by her baby having corona, mm-hmm. that's serious. So would the judge, though, and that was nice of the judge to do that. Right. Would the judge, though, be corrupt or wrong or going against the law if he didn't give her a break? Is the judge required to give her a break because she asks for it? No, no, but she nope. did the right thing. Uh, okay, but... She did call. Right. She didn't show, but she called. Right, but... So it's a difference. Right, but she wasn't innocent because she called. The judge granted her mercy because he chose to do it. So, so if I'm in court and I say to the judge, hey, I'm really sorry, I'm repentant, I'm, I'm going to try to never do it again, and the judge says to me, you know what, Tony? I'm going to follow the law. In fact, Tony, I'm going to sentence you to death. And so, they're, going to, they're about to whisk me into the next room, not 10, 20 years of appeals, but they're going to take me right into the next room, they're going to strap me to a gurney with my name on it, they're going to drive a needle into my arm with my name on it, and they're going to put me to sleep like a stray dog. 
But before that happens, the judge who found me guilty, the judge who had the authority to sentence me to death, stands up from behind his bench, he takes off those black robes of authority, he steps down and he says, Tony, you're guilty, and Tony, you deserve to die, and I'm going to go take your place. And the judge walks into that next room, he allows himself to be strapped to a gurney with my name on it, he allows a needle to be driven into his arm with my name on it, and he dies the death that I deserve. And so now the courtroom is just going crazy. They've never seen anything like this before. The, the prosecution goes, no, judge, Tony's the one who should die. My defense attorney's going, I didn't see that coming. Uh, the, the, the victim's family, what, uh, what's going on? My family, I can't believe this happened. And so now the media is starting to gather outside the courtroom. Right? And they only want to talk to one person. They want to talk to me. And microphones everywhere, cameras everywhere. Tony, tell us what happened. Yeah, you know what? Some judge, some fool judge, decided he was going to die for me. No big deal. Look, I already told him I was sorry. So I didn't need what he did. And I'm just going to go out and I'm going to live my life the way I live my life. What is everybody going to think of me? If I did that. Stupid. Stupid. My name's Tony, by the way, and you are? James. James. All right, so James, what I just painted for you is a picture of what God actually did. For us. For those who believe. Amen. 2,000 years ago, God the Father sent His Son to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, truly God, truly man, without sin. He lived a life of perfection for some 33 years that neither Tony nor James can live for 33 seconds. Right. Yet even though he knew no sin... He voluntarily submitted himself to the torturous, bloody death of a Roman cross, not for crimes that he committed because he was perfect. He was God in the flesh. He was perfectly innocent. He died the death that we deserved, taking upon himself the punishment we rightly deserve for our crimes against him. He died on that cross, was buried, and then three days later, he forever defeated sin and death when he rose from the grave. And you know what most people say to that, James? That fool judge, what was he doing dying for me? I'm a good person. I'm repentant. I said I was sorry. I don't need all that sacrifice. I'm going to get to heaven because I'm good. Not because of what he did. And God calls people like that. You said stupid. He calls them fools. And fools don't enter into the kingdom of heaven. What God requires of us is not to trust in our repentance. It's not to trust in our good works. It's not to trust in our cleaning up our acts. What God requires of us is that we not only turn away from our sin, but we turn toward God and put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation. Right. And if God does that work in us, he's going to forgive us, not because of our repentance, not because um, we tried to turn over a new act, certainly not because we denied the sacrifice of his son. No, he's going to let us into heaven on the basis of what his son did on that cross. Because see, James, if, when you die and stand before God, and all of us will, 10 out of 10 people die, right? Ultimate statistic. When you die and stand before God, he's going to judge you according to the law that he's written on your heart. Same law he wrote on mine. You and I both know it's wrong to lie. We were talking about that a little bit. We know it's wrong to lie because the God who created us isn't a liar. We know it's wrong to steal because the God who created us isn't a thief. We know it's wrong to get high because the God who created us isn't a drunkard. We know it's wrong to hate another human being for any reason because the God who created us isn't a murderer. So when you 
When you say get high, like, I hear a lot of people say, God made rap. I can't say he made it to smoke. Right? I can't say he made what? that to smoke, but... The Word of God says that all drunkards will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That no liar, no thief, no murderer will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Instead, they'll enter into the lake of fire, which is the second death. No matter what we try to get high on, God says, don't be drunk. Don't be high. Here's my only thought about that. Uh Uh-huh. It's kind of like a, a catch-22, man, because it says, thou shalt not kill. Okay. You do everything right. Mm-hmm. But you're still being judged. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I used so, to... So, so, not to cut you No, off, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So is it going to be... I think I got this wrong. Let's hear it. I'm going to say it anyway. Let's hear it. I was thinking about when you say um, you're going to go in the hell of fire. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, like, why would a good God send a person there? Yeah, yeah. There's an answer for that. Oftentimes, James, when people ask that question, they look at it through the standpoint of seeing themselves as good that God owes them something for their goodness. Yet, the Word of God says, even Jesus himself said, why are you calling me good? Only God is good. The Word of God says that there is no one who is good, no, not one. Jesus said, you are to be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. God's standard of goodness is moral perfection. Matt doesn't measure up. I know him real well. Tony doesn't measure up. Matt knows me real well. James, you don't measure up. And I can say that about James because it's true about everybody, right? So that God extends grace and mercy to anyone is more than anyone deserves because no one is good. And and anything less than perfect cannot be in the presence of the one who is perfect. So when I was a kid, I used to build model airplanes. I would airbrush them, decal, paint them up, you know, make them look really nice. So I, so I love World War II airplanes, right? So I built uh, an, an F4U Corsair, one of my favorite planes. And I doll it all up. I mean, it looks like this thing's ready to fly. And I put it, set it down on the ground, look at it for a couple of minutes, and I crush it under my foot. Did I have the right to do that? Did I have the right to do that with the plane that I have made? Did I have the right to do that? We're talking about a plane. Uh-huh. Did I have the right to do that with something that I made? No. Really? Who then has the authority to tell me that I can't break my own plane? Does Matt? No. James? No. no. No one has the authority to tell me that. Why? Because it belongs to me. Right. I could take that same plane... I could put it up in a glass case for everyone to see and display it and say, I love this plane. Does James have the right to say, no, you can't do that? 
Does Matt have the right to tell me I can't display my plane? No. James, God is the creator of all things. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That doesn't mean he's a wealthy rancher. That means he owns everything. That means he's free to do whatever he wants with whatever and whoever he made. What do you think about this one? Now, when people are sentenced to the death penalty, the person who electrocutes you and needle you mm-hmm. is a killer. They're not murdering you. How how you there? They're not murdering you because they are exacting justice. So there, if, there's a difference between. If it wasn't a death penalty and somebody on the street and just walk up to them and stick a needle. Th- on right. Them and they that's, die. That's unjust. That's unjust. But I can't see another person. I wouldn't want to be that person because. Yeah, maybe you. Maybe that's a heavy, heavy. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I get. I get that. Somebody. I get that. But but you it is. Had the nerve to really kill somebody. But you know what's you know what's interesting, if you James? In God, you know what's interesting, if you James? In God, you're not gonna do that. You know what's interesting though, James? Many people who when they want to avoid dealing with the reality that they're gonna be judged by God, they go to things like the death penalty. And many of those same people, James, can't wait to carry a placard that says pro choice. While three thousand babies are murdered in the womb every day. It's called hypocrisy. And the thing is we don't get to tell God what to do, right? When we die and stand before him, we're not going to put God on trial. Look, you've been in and out of courtrooms, right? Me too, right? You said that you've never seen a judge just let someone go, right? Have you ever seen, have you ever seen someone go into court, defend themselves and demand that the judge step down from his bench, take off his robes, get in the witness stand so he could be interrogated by the tweaker, so he can be interrogated by the thief? Have you ever seen that before? No. And James, when you and me and every other human being stands before God, we're not going to be arguing a case. We're only going to be receiving a death sentence unless someone else stands in our place. And God only accepts the sacrifice of one, and that is his son, who died a death he did not deserve to take upon himself the punishment we rightly deserve for our sins against God. So our hope when we die and stand before God, and again, all of us will, our hope is that instead of seeing us clothed in our crimes and our sin, he sees us instead clothed in the righteousness of his son. And he'll let us into heaven, not, not because of who we are, but in spite of who we are. Not because of what we've done, certainly, but in spite of what we've done. He'll let us into heaven on the basis of who his son is and what his son did on behalf of sinners like us. That's where the hope lies. So instead of trying to figure out how to work your way out of this judgment, just come to terms with the reality that the wrath of God abides on you now. You've already been found guilty. You're just waiting for the death sentence to be carried out. Your only hope is to turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. And it won't be. It won't be you who dies the death that you rightly deserve. It'll be Christ dying in your place on that cross, taking upon himself the punishment you deserve. And you'll be set free. Not on the basis of your goodness, but on the basis of his that would allow himself to die for sinners like us. That's good news. Don't you think? Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's all a mystery. 
Well, no, actually it's not. You know why it's not a mystery, James? Because you understood everything I just said. Which also makes you responsible for everything you just heard. Again, when you stand before God, you're not going to have the excuse of, you know what, that, that guy Tony came into the bus station and he told me all this stuff and, well, you know what, Lord, it's all a mystery. No, you broke my law, guilty as charged. Don't be that guy. Turn to Christ and live while God's given you time. And run away from the idols in your life like weed. Because you couldn't wait to defend that. You, gotta find, you had to find a way to try to justify that when you know there is none. Because God's given you a conscience. But when he says, like, like now they got this friends we used to say it's for your health and people with cancer. And, uh, yeah, but, I don't know how you can. But James, you're not dying from cancer, are you? No. You know what? There's a medication out right now called Imodium AD, right? It's called a travel medicine. You you take it so you stop having the runs when you drink the water in Mexico, right? That's what's intended for, right? People are taking upward of 20 of those things a day to get high, right? So their goal isn't to fight cancer. Their goal isn't to fight diarrhea. Their, Their goal isn't to reduce the size of their joints. Their, their thought is, I want to get high. And God says that no drunkard will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because God is perfectly sober-minded. So, were they drinking grape juice or wine? Because I'm kind of confused with that. They were drinking wine that, if you go, we know what kind of wine they had back then. And the wine they had back then in order to get drunk off of it, which it, the Word of God actually says, is woe to the drunkards who rise early in the morning and stay late at night, because that's how long you'd have to drink in order to get drunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not just it's not just a it's not just a forty ounce of malt liquor. They're drinking literally all night and all day wow. to get high. Just like the person who's taking an over counter medication, where they got to take twenty or thirty times right. what's prescribed in order to get high, because their goal is to get high. But even with that argument of, well, God, if God made it, then it should be okay, that same argument doesn't work for wine because God's word says don't get drunk, and yet he made grape juice. He made, he made wine, and yet it would take all day long drinking it in order to get drunk. And so your problem was is that, well, God's created everything, but God's word doesn't actually tell me what to do with all this stuff. Should I go and take poison that's natural? Because God made it, so it must be good, right? When God says, don't kill yourself. Right. I mean, sure. yeah, God made poison ivy. Maybe I should just rub it all over myself and use it as suntan lotion. There are some, no, there probably are some, not. There are some mushrooms out there that if you were to eat that, you'd have the best high of your life until it kills you. Until, because it's poisonous. So you shouldn't go take that. It's the same thing with weed yeah. and any other natural drug. Yeah. And you know what, James? You already know that. Because you know, because God has written his law in your heart, that getting high in drunkenness is contrary to his law because he's given you a conscience, right? right? And, and I could say that about James because James is trying to defend it. What James needs, like every other human being, is Christ. 
He'll give you a new heart with new desires. You'll begin to love the things that God loves, namely Him, and you'll put Him first. And you'll begin to hate the things that God hates, namely your own sin. You'll not only have a new relationship with God, you'll have a new relationship with your sin. You'll begin to hate the things you once loved. You'll begin to laugh at yourself forever making an argument for weed. Because a few cancer patients take it. When, when you weren't taking it for cancer, you were taking it to get high, right? right. When, when, when Christ gives you a new heart, when you're indwelt by the power of the Holy Spirit, when God causes you to be born again, those sins you once loved, you will now hate. Right. So turn to Christ and live. Yeah, some of what you're hearing today probably isn't the first time you've heard it. So, God, who created you and me, God before whom we're going to stand to give an account, He's in control of everything, James. It's not by chance, it's not coincidence, it's not dumb luck that we came over here from Davenport if, to share the gospel. What if, what if there's nothing? But we don't know that. No, actually, that's not true. The Word of God says, James, that there are no atheists, there are no agnostics, there are no skeptics, there are only human beings who have such hatred for God, they suppress, the, they suppress what they know about God by their unrighteousness. And professing to be wise, they actually render themselves fools while they worship the Creator the, the creation, namely themselves, instead of the creator who is blessed forever. So, you... Because there's a lot of religion. But there's only one truth. And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through up, me. Man. Yeah, but that's not messing with you though, James. That's not messing you up. Because you understand what I'm saying. And you know what I'm telling you is true. But there's something in your life, some sin in your life, that you love so much at the moment that you're willing to die and go to hell forever so that you can keep enjoying that sin in this life. Well, and if this, you, isn't, this isn't really heavy. Well, no, no, it's well, not heavy. No, heavy. no, it's not hell. It's nothing like hell. Because, James, right now, right now you're dressed warm, okay, tell me, tell but you're not this. on fire. Tell me this. Okay, there's people mm -hmm. that got burned up, killed in fires, like yeah. your cousin. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to hear that about your cousin. Wrong in her life or something like that. Very sorry to hear about that. What did she have to sacrifice to be burned up when she did nothing wrong at all? So, so here's the answer for that, James. And again, I'm sorry for your loss. Right. All right? So, if your cousin knew Jesus Christ as her Lord and her Savior... The best day of her life was her last day on earth because she was immediately in the presence of the Lord. If your cousin, and I'm not making any assumptions because I don't even know your cousin's name, right? I'm not making any judgments about your cousin. cousin. But if your cousin didn't know Jesus Christ as her Lord and her Savior, then all God owed her was his wrath against her sin. He didn't owe her anything good. He didn't owe her a long life. He didn't owe her an easy death. He didn't owe her falling asleep, falling asleep at the age of 100 and not waking up again. He didn't owe her any of that, just like he doesn't owe me any of that. 
okay? But even, even with what happened to your cousin, as tragic as it is, I've got a living, breathing, intelligent man by the name of James standing in front of me who is working really, really hard to not have to turn to Christ and live. And that's called pride. And the Word of God says no, pride comes before God. destruction. Believe Satan believes in God. The Bible says the demons believe and tremble. Satan's not going to spend one moment in heaven because he believes in God. Every human being believes in God. Every human being knows that God exists. I and know some that don't. No, actually you don't because the Bible's true. And the person who says, I don't know God, is lying. The Word of God says, God is true, though every man is found to be a liar. The person living in the jungle who's, who's never been to a church, who's never seen a Bible, who's never heard of Jesus, knows God exists by the very creation they're standing in. And the reality that God's written His existence and His law on their heart. The, the, the person in the jungle who, who, who can't put two and two together knows that it's wrong to take a rock and club someone else in the village over the head and kill them. Because the God who created them isn't a murderer. See, so do you think the number one, the number one sickness is cancer, right? It kills people. You mean the number one physical disease? Yes. Uh, it's heart failure, actually. I think cancer is number two. Yeah, but cancer's up there. Yeah, you're right. right? More, and more, more and more people are dying of cancer every day, and more and more people are dropping dead um, because of heart attacks. So why do you think um, Okay, cancer. I truly believe they got it. They might not have a cure, but they got something that can prolong it. But if you did that, there's people that's so worried about the population. Man. And I really think when Corona came through, it was to wipe out, to lower down the population. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But again, in all of that, James, in the end, none of that matters. What matters right now, James, is that you're not... You know why it's so hard to, to, for people to really believe in that? Because of the things that happen to people out here that you might not know, know personally, mm -hmm. but you'd be like, sure. that was a good person. Hey, how about all those people in... Whack. What? It was, it was, what, 18 people that were gunned down in Massachusetts at a, at a, at a bowling alley and... Um, and, and another place, some, some guy lost his mind, took an AR, right? right? I mean, Everybody I, can go and shoot and shoot and yeah. shoot and shoot. Yeah, but again, you're asking the wrong question. I wonder why is this happening? Yeah, you're asking the wrong question because we have the answer as to why it's happening. The answer to why it's happening is because man is sinful. Because man is dead in his sin, and while we're not all as sinful as we can be, everybody... Everybody is sinful. We already have the answer to that question. The, question. the question people are asking, which is the wrong question, is why would God allow this? The right question is, God, why haven't you killed me today for the sins I've committed against you today? 
And in your case, James, I don't know or yeah, not. Yeah. I, I don't know or not. Okay, I don't know if this is the case or not, James, because I don't know the mind of the Lord. But James, maybe the reason why you didn't die today is so that you could hear the gospel. But know this, James, your life is but a breath. Right? If you, I hope you live 80, 90, 100 years. But if you live to a 100-year-old, be a 100-year-old man, that's nothing in light of eternity. And you're either going to spend forever in heaven or in hell. And our hope for you is heaven. And there's only one way that's going to happen, and that is if you humble yourself and you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. Turn to Christ and live, James, while God's given you time. Right? You are playing Russian roulette with a completely loaded gun with one in the chamber. And you're not promised your next breath, let alone tomorrow. And you've seen enough of this world to know that that's true. I can talk to somebody and then five minutes later, they're, they're gone. Hey, we talked to somebody and within 24 to 48 hours they were gone. And we had no idea that was coming. That's why the Bible says, now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. God has given you this moment. Now, God is either going to be glorified in your salvation and adopting you as a beloved son forever and securing your place in heaven. He's going to be glorified either that way, James, or he's going to be glorified by punishing you in hell for all eternity. Either way, God's going to be glorified in your life. And God's good either way. Right. But turn to Christ and live, James. So, just because you go to church don't mean you're a saint, right? No, no, no it doesn't. You're just there. No, it doesn't. Right, going to church, look, going to church every Sunday makes me no more a Christian than going to Culver's every day and eating a double butter burger makes me a hamburger. Right, no one is saved by going to church. No one's saved by doing what we're doing today at the bus stop. Salvation is by the grace of God alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. Now, now I can ask a hundred questions. I'll never get an answer because there isn't one. But James, you've received the right answer to the most important question, what must I do to be saved? You will never ask a more important question. You will never receive a more important answer. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? James, if I walked in here and I said, James, I like the color of your eyes. They look healthy. I'd like to give you a million dollars for your right eye. We're not going to just steal it from you. You know, we'll put you under, you know, you won't feel a thing. But, and, and, we'll, and we'll put a really nice glass eye in its place. But for a million dollars, can I have your right eye? No. No. Okay, tell you what, James. For five million dollars, man, just give me both of them. We'll give you a C&I dog. We'll give you a, a white cane. You'll get all kinds of government handouts. Five million bucks, man. You'll be a rich man. Just give me both of your eyes. No? I know some rich people that ain't had Okay. Would you do it? No. No. So, James... If you would not forfeit your eyes through which you see the world, why are you so willing to forfeit your soul? You got me on that. 
So turn to Christ and live okay. while God has given you time. I'm going to use that. Don't use it. Believe it. No, no. Turn to I Christ mean, and live, James. Turn to Christ and live. I, I will got these guys go to church for And at the end of the day, I always think, well, he's no better than me because if you went to church, but Monday morning, it's different now. He goes to church on Sunday and lives like hell Monday through Saturday. Yeah, Jesus called that hypocrisy. And the Bible says no hypocrite will enter into the kingdom of heaven. His church attendance won't save him. And you pointing a finger at the hypocrite in church isn't going to save you either. You both need no, Christ. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't judge him. What I'm, what I'm saying, James, is, yeah, yeah. is that the lost person inside the church building and the lost person outside the church building are facing the same God and the same wrath. Right. And their only hope is the same one. That's not... But you know what, James? If God, if God does save you, if God does cause you to be born again, you're going to want to live a life pleasing to Him, not to earn His love, not to keep His love, but because you're so thankful for the love He showed you by sacrificing His own Son for you. And, and James, you'll count the cost. Jesus said... Jesus said that, uh, that we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him daily. Whoever will not deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me daily is not worthy to be my disciple. That means you need to die to yourself and live for Christ. That means you need to die to your sin and live for Christ. Right. Turn to Christ and live, James. Turn to Christ and live. It's a free gift. What's stopping you from doing that today? Nothing. I guess. I think you do. I, I can't read your mind, James. Yeah, yeah I do know. Right? I've known you for 20 minutes. And I, it's, and it's kinda like, so what is it? It's kind of like, oh. I'm surrounded by church people, and I'm surrounded by... So, So, James, what you're saying is that I want to deny the rock of salvation for life in Rock Island. I want to deny the rock of salvation for the hood in Rock Island. Does that sound at all reasonable to you? No, man. And you know it. You didn't even need me to tell you. You didn't even need me to say it to you. You know it. You know it. The sin you love is killing you. The Christ you reject can save you. It is a matter of life and death. Yours. And Matt and I both had to face the same thing. We, we're not the same men. We're, we've all lived different lives, right. right? But we all had to come to the same point. Am I going to die because of my, my love for sin, or am I going to live because of the love of Christ? That's the greatest lie. Sin tells you, it promises you the whole world, and it doesn't, you don't read the warning label on it that says, this leads to hell. And 
the beauty of the gospel is that God promises you to set you free from your sin. Before I was a Christian, I loved pornography. I loved it, didn't want to give it up. And when I became a Christian, I hated it. I didn't want it anymore because God gave me a new heart. And it's not just some saying that we say. That's actually what God promises in his word to those who trust in Christ, that they will no longer be a slave to their sin, but a slave to righteousness. For me, James, when I came to faith in Christ, I was a deputy sheriff in Los Angeles County, California. I was working the county jails. I was going to church every Sunday and singing in the choir. And then I'd go to work Monday through Saturday, and I'd tor torment inmates for the fun of it. Sometimes verbally, sometimes physically. And the day he saved me, he immediately took that away. I now hated the thing I once loved. And it wasn't something I could or, do or would do on my own. But because of what Jesus Christ did in my life, I no longer hated everybody wearing an orange jumpsuit. I now wanted them to find the Christ who found me. That's a work of God. That's not a work of man. What Matt described to you, that's what Jesus did in his life. What I just described to you, that's what Jesus did in my life. That's not what we did for ourselves. That's what Christ did. And Christ can change your heart and your life too. But you must come to him on his terms because God does not negotiate with sinners any more than a good judge negotiates with a convicted criminal in a courtroom. And God commands of you, James, the same thing he commands of us and every other human being, to turn to Christ, to repent and turn to Christ and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. He will forgive you, James. And instead of loving Rock Island for all of the sin, you'll love Rock Island because you want the people in it to be saved. 36 years ago, James, what I wanted for you is at the end of my flashlight or at the end of my fist. Not today. What I want for you, man, is Christ. I want to worship God for all eternity with you. And that's not because I'm good. That's because God was so good to save me by His grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And He will do that for you, James, if you'll but humble yourself. Repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. We're not selling you anything, James. We're offering you something. We're offering you something only Jesus Christ can give. And that's forgiveness and eternal life. Turn to Christ and live. We had a guy at work with. It was one of the worst of the worst. I never thought he would ever change like that. I didn't see that one coming. Well, and James, if it was Christ, if it was Christ, James, it wasn't him that changed himself. 
It was Christ that changed him. I mean, I was like, like really blown out of the water, man, over that. Like, man, you changed me? Like, God can do that same thing for you. All you have to do is not, okay, I'm going to try really hard to be different, but surrender your life to Christ. Trust in him. Our pastor, when he hmm. he was an adulterer, a drunkard, a gambler, and when the Lord saved him, it was so different that his brother said, I might commit you to a mental hospital. What happened to my brother? It was that traumatic of a change. Uh, brother Tony here, when he woke up the next day, he thought to himself, what happened to me? It's that dramatic, and it only can be explained because Jesus did that. Not because we suddenly turned around and turned a new leaf and tried really hard and changed our life, but that we trusted in Christ. And he took that wicked, enslaved heart and put a new one in it that loves him and loves to obey him. Same for me. Same for me. It's all Christ. He alone gets the glory. He alone gets the credit. pleading with you as we see a man with a blindfold on walking towards a, a giant cliff and that's you right now you're walking towards the cliff of destruction and hell forever and ever and ever a place of no escape not a party place but a place of isolation of blackness of fire and torment and we're saying James you're on your way to destruction turn off that path and turn to Jesus Christ and be saved from hell have your sins forgiven. Have a new life. Yeah, you know, I can't be a hypocrite either. Like, like the people I knew that did that. Yeah, well, you know what, James? There's no chance to even... James, there are days when I'm a hypocrite. There, there, there are days where, when I sin against God, and every time I sin against God, I'm acting as a hypocrite. But God's grace is greater than my sin. It doesn't give me a license to sin. It doesn't mean I can just go around being a hypocrite all my life. No, He's changed my heart. He's changed my mind. I want to live a life pleasing to Him. But I'm not perfect. But I'm not trusting in me not being a hypocrite. I'm trusting in Christ. The Bible says, if I confess my sin, God is faithful and just, faithful and righteous to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. It's not me keeping me in my faith. It's not me keeping me saved. It's God in heaven literally guarding my salvation in heaven. The Word of God says, whoever he draws to himself, Whoever Christ has in his hand, he will not cast out. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. It is God who saved me. It is God who keeps me. Which part of Iowa? 
Yeah. There you go. There you go. Have a good day. Dave, what you said about, you know, I don't want to be like those other people and be a hypocrite. Guess what? Praise the Lord. Don't do that. If you're going to go to Christ, don't be a hypocrite. Go to him because, look at the only people that go to Christ are those who are ready to deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow him. They would rather die than not follow Christ. But don't let that be an excuse and say, well, I might be a hypocrite, so I'm not going to go. How foolish would that be? Yeah, there's eternal life over here, but you know what? I might be a hypocrite too, so I don't want that. That, That's silly. Yeah, James, that's all pride. Oh, I'd come to Jesus, but I don't want to be a hypocrite. That's pride. The Bible says that pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Stop making excuses. You know they're all excuses. Turn to the Christ who will save you. Turn away from the life that will condemn you. Turn to Christ. Can we give you a free Bible? Do you have a Bible? There you go. Thank you. And if you ever want to talk again, okay. give me a holler. Or if you want to ride to church. But more important than any of that, James, don't let your head hit the piddle tonight without getting right with God. Through faith in Jesus Christ, you're not promised tomorrow. Okay? We're going to be praying for you. And we're talking to you because we care about you. The Bible says that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves, and there's no greater way we can love you than to point you to Christ. Good meeting you, James. God bless you, man.